0: What is the telltale giveaway sign of a follower of Jesus Christ? Is there one? Is there something, one thing that when we see it, we can say that is it, that is a follower of Jesus Christ, and we can say it with certainty? Is it that you go to a church? Is that what it is? Is it that you profess to be a Christian? You'll say you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Is that the thing? Is it something you do or or maybe something you don't do that would give it away? What is the telltale giveaway sign of a follower of Jesus Christ? Did you know the Bible actually says there is one? Did you know Jesus is the one that tells us this is how we will know that you follow him, and it is to love as he loved. That, that is it. That is the sign, that is the mark of a believer, and that is true love. Tonight our message is entitled, So Loved, So Loved, So Loved, So Loved. Now we're in John chapter 13, we're going to wrap up the 13th chapter, verses 31 through thirty-eight, John chapter 13, tonight, verses 31 through 38. Great verses tonight. I'm going to that. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. John chapter 13, beginning tonight in the 31st verse. God's word says this. Therefore, when he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another." By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I go? You cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for a Savior tonight. We're thankful for our hope, Jesus, tonight. We're thankful for the forgiveness of our sin through our Savior. Lord, we're thankful for this opportunity to come as a church and to eat and to fellowship and to, to study your word, to sing your praises Lord, I pray that you're glorified in it. I pray that you're known through it. Lord, we're thankful for your word tonight. And I know that you tell us it's living and it's active. And I pray that you would speak to us tonight. Speak to the hearts of your people. I pray we would be encouraged, that we would be comforted, that we'd be instructed tonight in the voice of our Savior, the voice of our God. Lord, I pray for some that will hear tonight that do not know you. I pray that in the hearing of the truth, that tonight they would turn to you this very night and they would trust you for their salvation. Lord, we again praise you, we worship you, we thank you, we exalt you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight with the start of verse 31, we start a three and a half chapter record of Jesus' last words with the disciples. Judas has left, the Bible says that, and now he starts three and a half chapters before he stands up and he heads to the cross of Calvary. Starting with our verses tonight and going all the way through chapter 18, these are the last recorded words of Jesus instructing, comforting, encouraging his disciples before he is arrested and goes to the cross. Actually, these very words are spoken in the last hours, if you'll imagine that, the last hours before his arrest. Very simply, it has all come down to this. Over three years, a little over of public ministry, and it's all come down to this. Over three years spent with his disciples, training them, and it has all come down to this. Jesus, knowing his purpose, knowing the plan, and now it has all come down to this, And so tonight, with these last words, let's look very carefully at these words, beginning tonight in verse 31. Therefore, when he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Again, Judas has gone out. Uh, I imagine for Jesus at least, uh, the room has changed. The atmosphere in the room has changed. His betrayer has gone out. And now he addresses his disciples. Now, he starts off with this word, now, now. Now, maybe that had to be the heaviest now that was ever spoken. Now, the altar of the cross is waiting. Now, the, the perfect lamb of God is approaching that altar. Now, the price of our redemption in blood is very soon to be paid. Now the salvation of the world is soon to be secured. Now Jesus will take our sin, even becoming our sin. Now the forces of evil are out there lurking. And now it is the time. The time is now. Now is the Son of Man glorified And God is glorified in him. Now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. Now, what that means tonight is that God has revealed his glory in Jesus. We know that he comes as the full revelation of God. And so God has revealed his glory in Jesus. And now Jesus will reveal the glory of God. Now that's an awesome thing. That is a deep thing. God has revealed his glory in Jesus and now Jesus will reveal the glory of God. All right, verse 32. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Jesus goes on in verse 32 and says, If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And he says that he will glorify him immediately. Now, understand tonight, that sounds kind of complicated. Understand that is talking about the cross of Calvary, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Jesus glorifies God, and now the cross, the events of the cross, The death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus will glorify Jesus. That's what that is saying. Jesus will be glorified in the events of the cross. Now, let me try and explain this this evening. This death, the crucifixion, was meant to be shameful, and it was. This death was meant to be humiliating, and it is. Well, Jesus says in this cross that Jesus will be glorified. And in Jesus, God the Father will be glorified. Now, stay with me. Get this tonight. It's a great thing. See this. The most God-revealing event is the cross. We've talked about this before. The most God-revealing event is the cross. More than any other time, And more than any other event, the most God-revealing event is the cross. And so see this. If you want to know what God is like and you want to have the clearest picture of what God is like, then you go to the cross and you look at the cross. The most God-revealing event is the cross. And so if you want to know about the power of God, you go to the cross If you wanna know about the grace of God, you go to the cross. If you wanna know about the mercy of God, if you wanna understand that, then you go look at the cross. If you wanna understand the wisdom, perfect, infinite wisdom of God, then you're gonna go to the cross. If you wanna know the plan of God, to understand it, you go to the cross. If you wanna know the justice of God, the holiness of God, you go to the cross. If you wanna know the perfection of God, you go to the cross. If you're wondering what is the character and the nature of God, you go to the cross. And if you want to know how much he loves, you go to the cross. If you want to know what God is like, the most God-revealing event ever is the cross of Calvary, the cross of Jesus Christ. The most God-revealing event is the cross of Calvary. don't, Don't run off, listen to this. And so, because God is perfect in all those traits, because he is perfect in all of those ways, because God is infinite in all of those things, in fact, in all things, the most God-glorifying event is the cross. Did you get that? Did you see that? The most God-revealing thing is the cross. And because he is perfect in all of those traits because he is infinite in all of those things. The most God-glorifying event is the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen to me tonight. The glory of God is most fully known at the cross of Jesus. It is at the cross that we can shout as his followers, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All glory be to Christ. He is worthy at the cross. He is worthy. He is worthy. Verse 33, keeping on. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you where I'm going, you cannot come. Verse 33 is a very serious, somber verse. He says, little children, that's how he addresses them. It is a term of love. It is a term of endearment. He says, little children, ones that I love, I am with you a little while longer. He tells them that he will be leaving. Up front, right here, he tells them, on this occasion, he is very soon going to be leaving. Now, he's speaking first in death, and then he's talking about, after that, his ascension. He says, I am only with you, a little while longer. He's going to die. After his death, he's going to be resurrected. Then he's going to ascend to heaven. And he says, I am only with you a little while longer. We probably miss the profoundness of that. They had lived with Jesus for a little over three years. They had walked with him. They had traveled with him. They had seen him in all these different situations. They had eaten with him. They had laughed with him. They had heard him teach in public. They'd heard great teaching in public. They'd also heard him talk and have conversation in private. They were provided for by Jesus. He was their leader. He was their friend. Everything they had for these years was tied to Jesus. And now in a few hours, they will separate. In just a few hours, they'd been with Jesus all these years. Everything was tied to him. And in just a few hours, they would separate. And these days would forever be past. In a few hours, things would change. And they would never go back to the way they were. In these days, these days forever would be past. You ever have days that you'd like to get back? You think about some other time in life, some other thing going on, you think, oh, I'd like to have those days back, maybe just for a little while, maybe not for long, but I'd like to have that day back. I'd like to have those days back. I'd like to walk through them again. I'd like to be there one more time, even just for a little while. Very shortly, they will separate. And these days, those days would forever be past. After the resurrection, they would see each other again. They would celebrate. But then Jesus soon would ascend to heaven and they would go on on earth. They would go on in his service and he would ascend to heaven. They would separate. Can you imagine? I I thought about this. He's ascended to heaven and they're teaching, they're preaching his message, his truth. Can you imagine sometime that they're somewhere and they're teaching and they had to remember and smile. I knew him. I knew him. They're talking about the Savior. Let me tell you about the Savior. And they're telling the great things that he said and they think to their mind, you know what? I I knew him. Or can you imagine sometimes they would sit around at night and they would talk and say, you remember that time that he did that? Remember that time everybody got upset and he did that thing? Or can you imagine as things get tough? I wish he were back. I wish we could talk to him tonight. I don't don't know what to do. I wish he were back. Jesus says, like I told the Jews where I'm going, you cannot come. And then he says, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love One another. Let me read that again. Verse 34, he says this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love one another. He says, first off, it is a new commandment. And so understand, this is a commandment. It is a command of Christ. They are to obey his command. To not obey it is a sin. It is a command. That you love one another. That is his command, that you love one another. Now I want you to think with me. That wasn't a new command, was it? Really, it wasn't a new command, was it? In the Old Testament, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Wasn't that the command in the Old Testament? Didn't he also say the same thing in the New Testament? Love God and love your neighbor. Isn't Matthew 5 showing them how to love like that? How is this new? Well, understand tonight, it wasn't new and that they hadn't heard of it before. It was new in the standard. Listen to this. It is new in the standard. Now it is as I have loved you. It is now in that standard. In that standard, as I have loved you, that is the measuring rod. In that standard, love one another. He's humbled himself. He's about to even more so. He has given himself. He's about to totally. He will die to save them. He will die in his love for them. He will hold nothing back. It's going to be real humility and true love. And he says, that is the standard. It is nothing less than that, the standard of Christian love. Let me try and paint a picture for you tonight, and this is worth your coming tonight, I think. Let me try and paint a picture. Christian love. You want to know what Christian love? Christian love is to see how much God loves us. We're so loved. To see how much God loves us, to see the radical, total love that he has for us, to see the salvation that He gives us in love. You understand He gives it to us in grace. He gives it to us motivated in love. And then growing in that, the more we see God's love, the more we love Him, and the more we love Him, the more we become like Him, and the more we become like Him, the more we love others. Do you see that loop? Do you see that progression It's like a snowball that starts rolling down a hill and it adds and it gets bigger and it adds and it gets bigger. The more you know God, the more you're gonna know the love of God and the more you know the love of God, the more you're gonna wanna be like God and the more you're like God, the more you will love others as he loves. We'll start to give of ourselves. We'll start to set down our pride. We'll move in humility because Jesus is the standard. Do you see that tonight? Folks, that's what life as a believer is supposed to be. And I thought about that this afternoon. I don't I don't know what life as a believer looks like for most folks I don't know what it's painted like for most folks, but according to what Jesus is saying here in his last hours, that is what the life of a believer is supposed to be. You're supposed to be knowing God and you're supposed to be growing in your knowledge of his love for you and you're supposed to be growing in your love for him and you're supposed to be coming more and more and more like him and therefore you love like him. That is supposed to be the life of a believer. What's the starting place? It's the more we know His love. It's the more we study His Word to see how much He loves us. Let me tell you tonight, that's that's what this 100 days should be doing, and I pray that that's the impact of this 100 days. These 100 days, we should see how loved we are. As we pass through these verses, we should see how great the Father's love is, how great our Savior's love is. That's how this starts. As we know we are so loved, then we so love. Let me ask you a question. I'm not messing around. Let me ask you a question here. What if that actually happened? What what if that wasn't just a sermon that we said, that's good? What if that wasn't something we said, well, we ought to What if that actually happened? Oh, can you imagine what would happen if we, just us in this room, loved like Jesus? If we, those that are just hearing this today, if we actually put down our pride, put down the the rights that we have, and we actually loved like Jesus, can you imagine what might happen? Can you imagine what might happen? Verse 35. By this, wow, all men will know that you're my disciples. I think it works both ways. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus says this will be the distinguishing sign. You want to know what the distinguishing sign is? This is it. So much so that people will know that you follow Jesus By this one thing. Believers, this is the one thing. Is it a t-shirt? No. Is it a bumper sticker on your car? No. Is it church attendance? No. Is it a big old Bible that everybody can see? No. Is it moral conduct? No. It is radical, humble, true love that marks us as a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why. Because that only can happen in Christ. You watch how raunchy the world is today. You watch how rough the world is today. That only happens in Jesus Christ. And you might have good intentions. You might try to fake it, but you won't pull it off outside of Christ. That only happens when you trust Christ. That only happens when you're filled with Christ. That only happens when you're growing in Christ. It is the only way. It's interesting, the verbs in both, verse 34 and 35 are the continual tense. Now, what that means, means, it's important, it means this, it means to love and to keep on loving. More and more, on and on, love and keep on loving. More and more, on and on, love and keep on loving. Friends, this is the difference in a believer and a lost person. This is the difference in a person of Christ and a person of the world. We are loving and they are hating. We are unifying and they are dividing. We are holding people up. Wouldn't you like to be part of a people that holds people up? They are pushing people down. We are forgiving, they are condemning. We are gracious, they are self-serving. We are merciful, they are unrelenting. We are caring, they are indifferent, they could care less. We're sharing the good news, and they are slandering with gossip. And the world should see it. I want to be honest right here. Most of us, and maybe all of us, need to repent. I don't know about you, but I can't hear this and say, man, I've messed this up. I hadn't loved like that. We need to repent. We need to ask God to forgive us. God, forgive us that we've we've taken your name, we've held up your flag, and we haven't loved like this. We need to ask God to help us love like Christ, empower it, show us how. Forgive us, Lord. We need to repent tonight. what if we did? What if we did? What would it look like? What, what could we do if we actually did that? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Moving to verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I go? You cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter, Peter can't let it go. And just like the Jews misunderstood, he said, Remember, I told the Jews they misunderstood. He misunderstands as well. And he says, Lord, where are you going? I wonder tonight how many times Jesus gives us clear commands, Jesus gives us clear instruction, and we redirect it. We go back to something else. Well, what about that? Well, God says, you know what, here's what you do. You you go there for it, you tell the world about Christ, and we say, yeah, but but what about this? We go back to some other thing, that's what he does here. He tells them, here's the command, love, and he says, but I want to talk about something else, and he redirects. Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me. He says, now, but you will follow later. Now, there's actually two meanings to this. One is death by the cross. I'm going to the cross. You can't go there now. He will later. One of them is is talking about heaven. He's going to heaven. He will ascend to heaven. You can't go there now. It's not your time, but he will later. Where I'm going now, you cannot go. You will one day. Verse 37. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. Peter in verse 37 has a very, I'm going to be honest, very prideful response. He says, why can I go? Earlier, remember, he said, you'll not wash my feet. Well, now he says, why, Lord, you can't go. Why can I go? And he says here, I will lay down my life for you. Listen, it literally translates, I will die to save you. He tells Jesus a few hours before the cross, why can't I go where you're going? I will die to save you. In Matthew chapter 26, he says, Even though all may abandon you, I will never abandon you. There's great pride. He's in a room full of people. And Luke, he says, I'm ready to go to prison and even death. Be sure tonight. In the service of Christ, zeal is good. In the service of Christ, passion is good. Commitment is good. We need committed believers today. But prideful self-confidence will never work in the service of Christ. It's only real humility and true love dependent on Christ that we serve. If you're going to serve Christ, you have to be dependent on Christ. It won't be your own strength. It'll fall short. It won't be your intellect. It won't be your willpower. It will fail. We cannot be self-confident and prideful. We serve dependent on Christ. One day he will get it. Verse 38. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. He says, I'll die for you, Jesus says, and you will die for me. Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. Jesus says, you'll die to save me. i tell you the truth. That's what he says. i tell you the truth. A rooster will not crow, not before you deny me, not one time, but three times. The word for deny in the Greek, in the original language, means to disown. It means to reject, to denounce. You'll denounce me, you'll disown me three times. Remember in verse 30, it says, and it was night. Well, Jesus says, it is night. But now he says, before the sun comes up, that's what this means. You will disown me not once, but three times. He says, I'll die to save you. He says, you'll die to save me. Before the sun comes up, you will disown me three times. The truth hurts. The truth convicts. And I'll just tell you tonight, if we are wise, the truth corrects. The truth corrects. You know, it'll be three and a half chapters before Peter speaks again. He won't say anything. He won't try to add back into anything. It'll be three and a half chapters before Peter speaks again. Later, we know that he gives his life and his love for the lost. He's committed to the lost of the gospel of Jesus. He'll give his life for it. Later, we see that he does that in love for Jesus. But for now, he goes silent. Verse 38 again, Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. We're gonna end like this tonight. Shouldn't we, listen, shouldn't we up it a notch? Shouldn't we be serious about what Jesus has said? Now, I've heard this my whole life. I've read these verses, and I think, well, that's good. That's a a great idea. We'll try to do that. Listen, tonight, shouldn't we be serious about what Jesus has said? Listen, it's, it's not pretend. It's not hypothetical tonight. What if we actually love like this? I'm being serious. What if if you, what if I, what if we actually loved like this? What would it look like? What would our church look like? What would our homes look like? What would our relationships look like? What would our town see if we actually said, you know what, I'm going to love the way that Jesus did. He gave his whole life. He didn't hold anything back. What if we love like that? What would would happen? What if it wasn't just a good intended sermon that we could check off, a good ending that we could just check off and move on from here? What if we actually loved like that? Do you know we can? What if we actually served like that? Let's show the world. Let's find out. What if we love like that? Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's pray. During Father. we come tonight, we're thankful. I am thankful for you. I am thankful for your love, and I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for your kindness. I'm thankful for your love. I'm thankful that you came and you humbled yourself. You took on the form of a, of a man, but not just a man, a slave, a bond servant. You humbled yourself to the point of death that I might be forgiven, that we might be Forgiven, saved. Lord, I pray that thanking you for that, praising you for that, praying that someone would receive that tonight. But also, Lord, as I hear that tonight, I hear your call and I hear your command, Lord, I ask the question: what if we did that? Help us, Lord. Help us to take it seriously. Help us to be obedient. Help us to push down our pride. Help us to walk in humility. And let all the glory be yours. Let all the impact bring glory to you. Lord, I'm thankful for your truth. I'm thankful for your message. Lord, I pray that you've been glorified through it. I pray, hoping that you are. And Lord, I pray now as we conclude our service, I pray that you have been known. I pray that you are. I pray that you've been received tonight, this night, such a gracious Savior, a good God, a good Savior, and I pray, Lord, that we, as, as believers, that we've been instructed and encouraged. And I pray again that every piece of it has pleased you. Lord, we ask that you move in our time of invitation. We trust it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close our service The time of response, a time of invitation. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you an opportunity to come and say, I wanna settle that tonight. You see, the good news is we are sinners. We are sinners, all of us. The good news is Jesus knows that. We've earned a punishment, death, separation from God for eternity, the second death, the book of Revelation says. But the good news is our kind, gracious Savior, Jesus, comes. He lives a life of no sin that he can offer himself in our place, the perfect Lamb of God. He goes to the cross. That's what the cross is about. He takes your sin and he takes my sin. He bears it to Calvary. He pays the penalty for it. He takes the wrath of God poured out on sin, on sinners, upon himself. He pays for it. He pays the price of our redemption in his own life, in his own blood. They put him in a grave. He's actually physically dead. Three days later, he walks out of the grave, and he stands with the receipt in his hand. The the payment is paid. The penalty is settled in him. He stands as the risen Savior, our King, our hope. The Bible says, if we'll profess faith in him, not of any work, not of anything we have to do, not something we have to shape up, not a duty to keep, but by faith in him, by trusting him, we are saved. That is the good news of our gospel. If you've never done that, do that tonight. If you've never settled that, settle it tonight. He will save you. Turn to him, trust him. He will save you tonight. If you're here and you've trusted in Christ but never fought in believers' baptism, I want to give you an opportunity as well to come and to testify what we believe of Christ. You come. We'll set a day that'll be a great day of celebration in obedience to what Christ has said, testifying to who he is. Maybe you're here looking for a church home and you've prayed about it. You believe God has led you here. You come as well tonight. We'll serve him until he comes again for his glory. Maybe tonight you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come and pray for somebody that's lost that's burdened you, that you want to see them get saved. Maybe you want to come and pray for this movement tonight. These videos, as they go out, that you want to hold it up and ask God to take it and multiply it and bless it. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about, no one would head for an exit, that you would pray for those who are making decisions. As we stand this sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here. I'll meet you here. You come.